I want us to pray for uh, the family, uh, Brandon, the young boy, 19 years old, that we've been seeing and praying with. Uh, he passed away yesterday, and he had been suffering from cancer. Uh, his uh, brother, TJ, it's not, um, it's from a different mom, but same dad. And TJ is, is his brother by the father. And so TJ is really torn up and broken up with the situation. And we want to uh, remember little TJ and all of the family. Can we just pray and ask for the Lord's, the Lord's spirit to just move into that home and uh, be with this family while they go through this time of grief. Father, Lord, we just pray right now. God, you said we're two or three would touch any one thing, believe in, pray and call in upon your name that you would do it for the glory of the Father that is in heaven. Lord, we're asking you right now. Oh, be glorified, God. Be glorified. Lord, walk into that home with your spirit. Touch, Lord, this family. Touch little TJ. God, we love him, Father. Lord, I pray just strengthen that heart of this family, the dad and Lord, Sister Kelly, and just minister, God, to all that are heartbroken over this situation, this young man. We ask it, Lord. Touch like only you're able to do, Father. Like only you are able to do. Amen. Everybody say amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 8. We'll be reading verses 17 and 18. And we should be getting our projectors fixed this coming Tuesday. So not this weekend, but next weekend uh, or Wednesday, uh, the projector should be back up and you'll be able to see the scriptures on the screen. In the meantime, I know it's difficult, but you'll just have to bring your Bible to church. And, and if you don't, don't have one on your phone or one that you can carry in your hand, just maybe borrow from someone next to you. I want to mention that in the foyer, we still have the two clipboards. One of them is to sign up for the financial seminar. Part one of that will be this Sunday. And uh, if you sign up and give your email, you'll get information on that, where, when, etc. Part two will be the following Sunday, which is Mother's Day. But we're hoping that you'll have your mothers fed by 530 in the afternoon and be able to make to uh, part two. Also is the marriage seminar that pastor is going to be teaching for 10 consecutive weeks on a Sunday evening. And that will begin just in a few uh, weeks. Uh, so, and I know it's summertime and all that good stuff, but uh, you, I, I feel like you uh, have enough uh, concern about your marriage that you'll be willing to make a few sacrifices and be a part of that. Please sign that up and let us know that you want to be there. Romans chapter 8, verse number 17. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him. Everybody say, suffer with him. That we may be also, and everyone say, glorified together. Tell your neighbor, I have suffered. It is time to be glorified. Verse number 18, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. And uh, I want to just minister to us here this evening in this teaching 
on uh, glorified together. Find a couple of people around you and just say, let's be glorified together. Lord, thank you for your word. Bless me. Use me. I pray. Everybody say amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Wonderful spirit of the Lord in this place here tonight. Thank you for your prayer and your worship in the beginning of the service. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for coming out on a Wednesday night in the middle of the week. I know you've worked hard. Some of you rushed home just in time to turn around and get back to the house of the Lord. I appreciate that so much for coming. We learn so much from the Lord on our Wednesday night teachings. And so this year our theme is all things together. Everyone say all things together. We have been teaching about uh, how that we are the body of Christ and how that we are fitly framed together. How that God has taken us from unique backgrounds and perspectives and yet has brought us together uh, from many cultures, languages, uh, many different uh, types of raisings up. And God brings us into the house of the Lord and together we lift our hands and the power of God comes down. And together we reach the loss of our city. And together we suffer. And together we work for the kingdom of the Lord. Can you put your hands together? Can you clap under the Lord? Amen. And so we have, so we started out. Uh, at the beginning of the year, we talked for a few weeks on all things together. We spoke about uh, the fact that we gather together. And we're doing that here tonight and how the Bible, uh, how the Bible encourages us that in the last days when we see that day approaching, that we should all the much more not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Wednesday night is important, as well as our connect groups that we are forming now, where on a, it could be a Monday or a Tuesday or a Thursday or Friday, depending on when the connect group meets, but we come together in homes on a much smaller scale, fellowshipping, praying for one another, praying for our neighbors, our co-workers, and reaching out to the Lord. We taught about being laborers together, how that we work together in the kingdom of God. We taught on mutual faith and that it is important that we speak the same thing. Paul the Apostle expresses this. The Word of God declares this, that we should walk out of this building speaking the same gospel, understanding the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, understanding that repentance and baptism in His name, the infilling of the gift of the Holy Ghost, and living a separate life, that all of these are foundational truths of the plan of salvation. We must have mutual faith, one Lord, one faith, one Spirit, and one baptism. We taught about praying together, the importance of being unified in prayer as a church. 
we as a church have established what we call a prayer line because it is difficult for us to come together. We do not own our own building. We're in a school. We have access on Wednesday and access again on Sunday. And so because of the difficulties, we have established a phone line. I hope you join us. 6.30 in the morning, the information is in the bulletin. Again at noon and again at 9.30 at night. We come together. We pray. We seek the face of God. We pray for our marriages. We pray for our children. We pray for revival. We pray for our elders. We pray for situation. We pray for healing and the list goes on and on and on somebody shout out prayer we must learn to pray together we we taught on the fact that we are positioned together in the Lord Jesus Christ the Bible tells us that he has uh, positioned us in high places in the Lord and then we taught about we are followers together Paul the apostle says follow me as I followed Christ and we talked about the importance of leadership and how that we are to support one another strengthen one another and and be followers of one another as we follow the Lord last Wednesday night or a couple of Wednesday nights ago uh, we taught on suffering together and uh, we looked into the word of the Lord. And it is important that we understand that even though we are God's kids, this is a, this is a real world. And there is pain and situations and difficulties that exist in this world. And that if you live long enough, you will suffer. There will be a situation that arises in your life. There will be a difficulty in your family. There will be a hardship that comes and being a Christian does not elude us from suffering the things. In fact, the Bible tells us that the same afflictions that come upon the children of this world, they come upon God's children as well. However, the difference, of course, being we have a name we can call on. And in the midst of our valley, He is there. In the middle of our trouble, He is there. He is the comfort when my spirit has been troubled he is peace when my mind is gripped with fear come on somebody hallelujah I've learned that not only do I have him but I have you I have a brother I have a sister I've got somebody I can call somebody I can lean on somebody I can share my innermost uh, secrets and heartaches and pains with and we learn to suffer together we've learned that when a brother or a sister is down that's not when you elude or exclude or, or kick them or say well I wonder what they did no that's your moment to shine that's your moment to go touch them that's your moment to love them that's your moment to let God flow through you help that brother up help that sister up it doesn't matter what they did none of us in this building are perfect every one of us have a moment and I walk with God when we need our brother we need our sister we need 
We need not only God to forgive us. We need the church to forgive us. We need not only God to say I love you. We need the church to say I love you. It is so important. All things together. We, we are all we have in a world that is quickly growing away from God. The Bible calls it an untoward generation. Uh, we, it's all we just have one another. I've told you the story years ago when my brother and I, we used to fight all the time. I seldom, well, I don't think I ever won. I, I did hit him really hard sometimes and run real fast. But we would, we would fight and, and he was bigger and stronger than me. One day my mom had enough and called my big brother Eddie, an old ex-sergeant Marine, and, and he come he come over to the house. He dragged my boy and I out. We lived in a little place called Pochi Town. It's just a, an old drug-infested, poor, uh, poor place. And, and uh, my family were the poorest on the block. I mean, it, it, it wasn't a good deal. And he brought us out on the on the steps, me and Sam, and he and he said, I want you boys to look around. And he called the houses out. That were uh, around us and he said I've got news for you he said none of them are thinking about you none of them care about you he said all you have is one another and if you beat up on one another then who's going to help you in a time of need Oh, it got to us. My brother and I never fought since then. But I've come to tell us here today, and I, I know we're like this. I know we love one another. But listen, we cannot beat up on one another. The world doesn't love us. The government doesn't love you. Society will never help you. You'll never get help out there. The only place that you and I are going to find help is when we come together as brothers and sisters. I need you and you need me. We're in this together. Come on. We're in this together. And so we talked for a few Wednesdays on suffering together. But uh, I, I want to talk to us uh, here tonight. Uh, and that we understood that yes, it would come. And, and yes, the suffering and the pain would be there. But there's hardly a single scripture in the Word of God that when it talks about His son or His daughter suffering, that it doesn't include in there somewheres uh, that out of that suffering uh, there will be a glorification uh, there, we be, there will be a glory that goes to God uh, and a strength uh, that comes to you uh, we do not suffer for naught uh, God is molding and shaping us uh, every day that we wake up every breath that you take uh, God is carefully taking his hands uh, and molding you and shaping you uh, everything that comes to me everything that happens to me must first go through him uh, and so God I say uh, yes I will suffer but I know out of that suffering uh, it's going to come a glorification there's going to be a redemption there's going to be a healing there's going to be a miracle there's going to be a deliverance put your hands together let's praise him (laughs) 
So yes, we are going to suffer together, but we are also going to reign together and we are going to rejoice together and we are going to be glorified together, not only in this world, but in the world to come. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 13. But rejoice in as much as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Peter is saying, I know it's tough. I know it's rough. But hang in there because God sees what's coming. God knows he's going to get glory. And when God gets glory out of your life, there's going to be a joy, a river of joy. My God, I feel this. I am telling you tonight, there are some of us, you've been going through it. Every day you get up, you can barely pull the covers off of you. You can barely get out of bed. It takes all of your energy just to make your way to freshen up for the day. The power of depression, the power of oppression, the things of this world. But I've come to tell you, God is about to get glory in your life. You did not throw in the towel. You did not quit. You did not give up. You hung in there. And because of that, there is an artesian well that is about to rise up. And what you're going to find out is that with the affliction comes rejoicing, comes joy, comes victory. Can you love him right now? Let's love him together. Tell your neighbor, it's time to rejoice. Shout it to the guy way over there. It's time to rejoice. Romans chapter 2, verse number 9 says, Tribulation and anguish on every... On every soul of man that does evil. Of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. But then verse number 10. But glory and honor and peace to every man that works good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. What are you saying pastor? I'm saying the Bible says don't be weary in well doing because before it's over before it's finished joy is going to come victory is going to be there and Paul says glory and honor and peace to every man not some Every single one of us, if we'll just stay with it, if we'll do the good work of the kingdom, no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, just keep working. Paul said, the Bible says, joy, peace, and honor will come. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 11, bless it. Or you, now watch, when men shall revile you. Now, I mentioned to you earlier, it seemed like every time God or the Bible, the Lord speaks about 
persecution or tribulation or difficulty, that with that comes the reward of the rejoicing. Blessed are ye, Jesus saying to his disciples, when men shall revile you, persecute you, and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Now, he says in verse 12, rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. So persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Now, we read that and that brings a little comfort. So if I suffer through this life, within the day will come, that, that time will come, if I'm willing to walk with God and serve God and go through whatever it takes, and then one day I just kind of lay down and in my misery, if you please, and take my last breath, but I served God all my life. And, and so the Bible says that there is going to be great rewards for you and I in heaven. But Simon Peter wasn't satisfied with that. Peter came to Jesus in Mark chapter 10. And then Peter began to say unto Jesus, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And Jesus said unto him, There is no man that have left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or land for my sake and the gospels, look at verse 30, but he shall receive a hundredfold when? Now. Everybody shout now. Shout now. I come to I come to torment the devil tonight because he's convinced too many of us that we must do nothing but suffer and that there is no pleasure, there is no reward, there is no joy. Now you know we don't preach uh, blab it and grab it, name it and claim it, and uh, and it just you know if you loved God you'd be rich. We don't preach that stuff. You know that we understand how these things work and we get a hold of that but we don't want to go from this extreme all the way over to this extreme that we allow ourselves to be convinced that everything in living for God everything in walking with God is always suffering always pain always heartache and when I lay down and die that's when I'll get my reward I got news for you God said I'm going to bless you here Oh, I wish I had somebody to get a little bit more excited about that. Somebody shout, God is going to bless me here. Say, God's going to bless me here. Shout, God's going to bless me here. Shout, God's going to bless me here. I'm telling you, God wants to bless his people. God wants to bless you. Some of you have sacrificed. You've given and given and given and given. And you're trying to look for that abundant inflow that the Bible promises. But it doesn't seem like it's going to come. And now you're starting to think in your mind, I guess I'll just accept it and just live this way. And one day get my reward in heaven. The Holy Ghost has walked into this place tonight. To tell you to deny it. 
to curse it, to cast it off, to claim the word of God. He's going to bless me here. He's going to bless me now. He's going to do it here, right now, today. Yes. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let it get a hold of your spirit. Let it get a hold of your heart. He's the blesser now. He's the blesser now. He's the Hallelujah. Every man and woman, clap your hands to the Lord, will you? Will you give him some praise? Praise him, praise him. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? He said, I'm not only going to bless you then. I'm going to bless you right now. You and I can have joy. We can have peace. Oh, yes, we can. We can be overflowing with joy if we'll let God do it. If we'll obey His commands and do the good works of the Word of God, He'll bless your marriage. If you obey Him and do the good works of God, He'll bless your business. He'll bless your job. He'll bless your home. He'll bless your children. Yes, He will. I'm not telling you you're not going to go through things and you're not going to suffer. And I'm not here to tell you that if you're going through something, you must be doing something wrong. That's a bunch of hogwash. We all suffer. We all go through things. But in the middle of my suffering, God promised me blessing. Yes, he did. He says, but... But he shall receive a hundredfold now. And this time houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, lands. And then of course he kind of throws that in there. With persecution. He says, yeah, I'm going to bless you. But I'm not going to remove the persecution. And that's the problem with the religious world today. Is they want the blessings of God. But they're not willing to walk with the persecutions. That a true Christian will face. If you're speaking truth in this day and time, if you're living truth in this day and time, you are going to be persecuted. It's going to happen. But in the middle of that persecution comes the blessings of God and the love of God and the joy of God. Second Corinthians 1 and 7, I'm not going to try to hold us too much longer. And I hope of you as steadfast knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so shall ye be also of the consolation. That if we as a church are partakers together of the sufferings of Christ, he said you will also be partakers of the consolation of Christ, the comfort of Christ. He will not just allow you to suffer. He will come in and wrap his arms around you. And he will love you deeper than anything on this planet could ever love you. And he will comfort you above your suffering. Whatever that level of suffering is, he will comfort you above that level 
that level of suffering. Bible makes it plain to us. We go through things on this earth, not only in the time to come, but in the time right now. I'm trying to get this into the minds of this church that we need to accept God wants to bless us. God wants to bless you as an individual and God wants to bless this church as a whole. We are His people. We carry His name. We, we uh, proclaim His righteousness and His holiness and his deity to a world that is lost and dying. We look at the story of Job. Uh, James tells us about in 5.11. He said, Behold, we count them happy which endured. And then James went on to say, Have you heard of the patience of Job? Have you seen the end of the Lord? That the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. He said, Go read about Job. I know he suffered. I know it was hard. I know it seemed to be impossible but when it was all said and done the name of God was glorified God came down in the life of Job and he doubled everything he had he blessed him twice of what he had before maybe it was seven times I, I can't remember the number but I know he multiplied it what are you saying James he's saying to you and I yes you're going to suffer yes you're going to go through things but God's going to bless you and he's going to bless you right here and he's going to bless you on this earth he's going to bless you in this life we need to get a hold of that we need to claim that we need to get a grip on that and not let it go we have suffered together with him and God wants us to be blessed together with him 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse number 10 Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake That they may also obtain the salvation Which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory Verse 11 It is a faithful saying For if we be dead with him We shall also live with him If we suffer We shall also reign with him Verse 12, Mark says in 16 and 17, these signs are going to follow you if you believe. In his name, you're going to cast out devils. You're going to speak with new tongues. You're going to take up serpents, drink any deadly thing. It's not going to hurt you. You're going to lay hands on the sick, and they're, and they're going to recover. He tells us in the book of Luke, he said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. And he said, I get under you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, he goes on to tell him, don't rejoice about that. Rejoice about the fact that your name is written in heaven the ultimate blessing is I am going to heaven but right in the middle of all of that he's sandwiched right in the middle I'm going to give you power you're going to be an overcomer you're going to lay hands and they're going to be healed you're going to cast out devils you're not going to be harmed my power is going to be on you in the middle of your persecution in the middle of your suffering there will be joy there will be rejoicing there will be power Yes, rejoice that we're all going to heaven. He said, but on your way, why don't you cast a few devils? Second Timothy 4 and 8. 
Paul said, for now, speaking to Timothy, he said, for now, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but to all them. Also that love his appearing. Everybody say, blessed together. Say, sanctified together. Say, glorified together. God wants to get glory right here on this earth through you. Yes, he does. So that men might be drawn to him. Let's stand. I know we've got our face set like a flint on that day that is approaching. We are steadfast on our journey to see him. And on that way, there are many difficulties and there are many sufferings. And so many that I think we lose sight of what God wants to do for us right here, right now. To bless us, strengthen us. Now, granted, some of us got to straighten our act up. God can't bless your marriage if you treat your wife like a dog. And God can't bless your marriage if you disrespect your husband and do not obey him. I know you don't like that word, but I'm not the one that wrote it. <laughs> you might not want to come to my marriage seminar. Because I'm not going to tickle your ears. I'm going to tell you there's only three, three rules. Three rules in a marriage. Men love. Women submit. And neither withhold. That's his three rules. And if you do those three rules, everything else falls under it. If men will love... And women will submit, and neither will withhold. And y'all know what I'm talking about, about withholding, right? <laughs> Was that you, Brother Mata? <laughs> Brother Mata saying that's Brian. To my knowledge, Brian, you're not married. We might have to deal with that one, too. All right, I got off track. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I believe that the Lord wants to glorify his church in this world. And he wants to make it shine so bright that nobody can pass by and not see it. And the way he does that is he makes each and every one of our lives to shine. And no matter where we go, the light of the church is just 
beckoning unto the loss and the wayward soul. And the church shines brightly in its city. How's he going to do that? Well, through your suffering, yes. When people see you suffer and maintain that right attitude. Maintain that walk with God through your suffering. Yes, that is certainly a way that the light shines. But it also shines when they see God answer your prayers. And it shines when they see God do miracles in your life. Save your grandchildren. Save your children. Yes, that's when the glory of God begins to shine. And the world is drawn because the marriage counselor can't fix their marriage. And the psychologist can't fix their mind. No, and the therapy group can't get them un, unhooked to those addictions. And the therapy group can't get them to release that bondage of bitterness and anger and unforgiveness. Because only God can do those things. And when suffering comes your way... But out of that suffering comes joy and peace and power and the blessings of God. And they, they see you glorified through the power of God. What does the Bible say? They see your good works and they glorify the Father that is in heaven. God wants to glory his church yes we will suffer in this world but he will glorify us in this world and they will see the blessings of God and the hand of God upon the church and upon your life you've got to get up in the morning and you've got to say God let everybody see your hand upon my life You know what the Lord Jesus said. He said, glorify me, Lord. He suffered. We know the suffering. But after the suffering came the glorification. And so I've come to tell you, and the Lord's come to tell you, that after this suffering comes glorification. And you need to be ready for it. You need to be expecting it. You need to have your hands out. I'm not talking about a greedy child. I'm talking about someone who has been humbled through suffering, who is now waiting for the Father to be glorified through their life, that somebody can be drawn to Him through the blessings of their life. Reach over, get your neighbor's hand. What a power in this place, Father. I ask for your spirit to come down upon us right now. Come down with your power. Come down with your glory. Come down with your anointing upon this place. Lord, you want to glorify us together. God, you want to lift up the church in the eyes of the world. 
Lord, that they might see us, that they might be drawn to you, oh God. Lord, there are brothers and sisters in this building tonight. God, you are about to shine forth in their life. You're about to come through, God, with great blessing and great power. But, oh God, you have humbled us. We are going to be able to handle it appropriately. Your blessings are going to flow out. But you are going to be glorified. You are going to be praised. Oh God, prepare our hearts. Prepare our minds. Get us out of the mully grubs. Get us out of the depression. Get us out of that out of that gutter, God, where we're always thinking the worst. Help us to arise and look for the blessings. Help us to arise and look for the glorification. Help us to arise and extend our hands and let the glory of God come upon us. Let the power of God descend upon us. Your anointing, your blessings, your joy, your comfort come upon us, God. Come upon us, sweet Holy Ghost. Move upon us. Move upon us. Move upon us. Move upon us. Jesus in your name. Father in your mighty name. Somebody call out to him right now. Come on. Let God begin to move on you. Let God begin to bless you. Let God lift you up. Let God bring you out. Let him bring you out. Come on, you've been suffering long enough. You've gone past the time God wanted you to go. Now you're suffering of your own accord. You're suffering of your own depression. You're suffering of your own oppression. You're suffering of your own thinking. You're suffering of your own will. God says, come on, rise up, rise up. I've come to bless you. I've come to help you. I'm here to pour it out. I'm here to put it on you. Oh, yes, I am. I'm going to open the windows of heaven. I'm going to pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. Everybody's going to know it's from him. Everybody's going to know God did it. Can you receive it? Can you receive it? Can you receive it? I receive it, Lord. I receive it. I receive it. Come on, tell him, I receive it. Open your mouth, tell him, I receive it. I receive it, God. I receive your word. I receive it, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! What do you say? Instead of walking, waiting for a disaster to happen, we start walking like somebody waiting for a blessing to happen. I may still be suffering, but I'm not going to walk that way. I'm going to walk like God is about to bless. God is about to do something great. God is about to do something wonderful. He's going to answer that prayer. Oh, yes, he is. He's going to save that son, that daughter. He's going to save my spouse. Ooh, my Lord, I feel like something's in this place here tonight. Hey, if you, if you believe this, you receive this. I dare you, just step out from where you are and make your way down. Put your hands up in the air. and We're coming to a close, but come on. Why don't you step out by faith and say, God, I believe this. I'm receiving it. I'm going to walk 
like a blessing's coming my way. I know there's suffering. I know there's pain. But your word says, in the middle of that suffering, there will be blessings. In the middle of that suffering, there will be glorification. You're going to glorify your body. You're going to glorify the church. You're going to let your blessings flow through me, God. That others might be blessed. Others might be touched. Oh, yes, you are. Oh, my Lord. I wonder if you can let your faith go. I wonder if you can bust out of that shell. Bust out. Come on, bust out. Get out. Get out. Get out. I know it's hard. I know the oppression's still there. But we've got to start expecting. We've got to start expecting. We've got to look for the blessings of God. Woo! <laughs> Some of y'all walk around saying, well, I'm just like old Job. I'm going to suffer. I got news for you. Job got blessed. Job got blessed. If you're going to be like Job, it's time for the blessing. It's time for the blessing. Woo! Send it down, God. Send it down. I'm going to think different. I'm going to walk different. Everything's going to be different. I'm going to expect the blessings of God. Jesus. Jesus. My, 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 my. I'm telling you, we start walking that way, we're going to start hearing all kinds of testimonies, all kinds of moves and powers of God that's going to begin to flow. Oh, yes, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Now, listen, I'm going to count to three. We're going to throw our hands in the air and we're going to shout. You know why? Because we're the sanctuary of the Palm Beaches. That's why. Because we're the most Holy Ghost filled church in this county. We're the most God-fearing church in this county. That's why. We're not just any other church. We're called by His name. We're baptized in His name. We're washed by His blood. We know who He is. We got His name. Are you ready? One, two, three. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Clap your hands to the Lord and give God praise. I want you to find four or five people, hug their neck and tell them, it's time for glorification.